This is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. There's always one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is Tuesday, September the 27th, 2022. That's right, it is a new episode, not a rewind. It is not usual we have a rewind, a new episode, and then a bunch more rewinds. It doesn't usually happen, but uh, this time around, honestly, I wouldn't have done this except I didn't plan well, and I had this guest booked, and I wasn't about to rebook him. I didn't think it was fair to the guest. So this week, I've tried to take as much time off as possible to get everything at the farm, ranch, etc. in great shape before I leave for the Self-Reliance Festival in Camden, Tennessee, that you'll hear more about in just a bit. If you can't go there, I'm going to tell you a way you can see everything that's going on there and participate from afar. But, uh, I, like I said, I had this gentleman booked, and I, I'm actually really excited about today's show. Um, what if I told you that anybody that works for anyone can get paid in Bitcoin in either all or part of their wage? Does that sound cool? And it's different than like you know having direct deposit into a DCA. Like this is actually a payroll services company that does this. And there's a lot of different applications for this that I think you'll find really interesting, even if it doesn't directly apply to you. To know options is to have options. Ooh, ooh! Did I just make a new Jackism? To know options is to have options. That sounds like it. Anyway, so. I'm going to dig into this with Jonathan today. We're going to talk about the basics of like how this audience, the, the average person's audience that has a W-2 job can use this. If you are an employer, how you could actually have this company as your payroll services company, and you your employees still can just get all U.S. dollars if that's what they want. But they would have this other option. How, how you could actually have a, a, a situation where employees could have a 401k with a Bitcoin inside it, either conventional or Roth. Sound cool yet? I'm not done yet. Because as I dug more into what Jonathan Chester's company, again, called BitWage, does, I realized that they have an, a, tr a tremendous, tremendous service that they provide to people that do work internationally or are digital nomads. Imagine that you work in a country, and you do work for people that live in another country, and then they pay you. But it takes a long time for your money to get to you, and it's going through this old legacy payment system. What if the, what if the payment simply went to a local bank system and then immediately was converted into Bitcoin and then immediately came over to you in the form of Bitcoin where then you could then just keep it as Bitcoin or you could move part of it into your local currency leaving a or move all of it. What if you could do that? Does that sound cool? Now think about, we just did a, pa a show on Plan B Passports with Katie the, uh, the Russian. What if you had a company like this that allowed you to incorporate in this new little thing called Liberland? And run your business from Liberland from anywhere in the world, running payroll services out of there. Did should you do that? I don't know. We're going to talk about it, though. I mean, this was so much... Like, when I first got in touch with these guys, what happened is I got out on Twitter. I wanted to prime the pump for the Bitcoin breakout episodes. And I didn't want to just interview, you know, people like we have, like Natalie Purnell and Guy Swan, etc., like well-known names in the space. I want to talk, and this is something that I really want to do, I want to talk to people actually using Bitcoin to build services and enterprises and companies. The people that you don't hear from that much. 
that are actually making this stuff work for regular, everyday people. So I, I, I put out a, a, a tweet basically soliciting that. That's how I got Katie the Russian. That's how I got Jonathan Chester that we're going to hear from today. And when I got this, I was like, okay, so they'll let you get paid Bitcoin. Great, great. And then I looked at it, well, there's like, they have a whole bunch of athletes, including like a lot of UFC fighters and stuff. That you, you hear like so-and-so is getting part of his, his pay in Bitcoin or all of his payment or whatever. That's, this is the main way this has happened. This is the largest Bitcoin payroll services company there is. And I was like, that's awesome. Then I learned all this other stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to know more, so yeah, let's get Jonathan on. Then I watched a couple videos with this guy. This kid's young. I think this is another Jack Mowler's waiting to happen here. Honestly, um, I'm excited, if you can't tell. And we'll get Jonathan on in just a minute. Before we do, let's hear from our two sponsors of the day. I kind of did an audible with choosing my sponsors today because it's time-sensitive. Uh, first up, I want you to know, that if you can't come to Camden, Tennessee for the Self-Reliance Festival, because I assume most of you who can and are have already bought your tickets and you've already got your travel plans because it starts Saturday and it starts Friday if you go to the Swale Workshop. So it's Saturday and Sunday this weekend. If you want to know more about it, there's a link in the show notes where you can get physical tickets still too. But what if you could go with a virtual pass option? Well, John, uh, John Bush with Live Free Academy has partnered with John Willis and Nicole Sauce that are running the Self-Reliance Festival. And, and what this opens up is live stream video through Zoom where you can actually interact with us, the presenters, at the Self-Reliance Festival. Uh, John will be emceeing that portion of it. And if you don't make the full thing for all the live videos or there's some stuff goes on simultaneously, all the video that's recorded, you'll have access to for good, right? So you'll always have – it's an awesome option. It's not expensive. If you look at what Nicole and John uh, Willis have done with Self-Reliance Festival, it's pretty amazing. you got to think about it. I went in June, and I'm going back in October. I don't do a lot of public events, as you guys know. I really don't. So they have to have something special going on for me to go back up there. So I'll be there. I'd love to see you in person. If I don't get to see you in person, hey, check out the virtual pass option. It's the next best thing. It'll be in today's uh, video notes, or I'm sorry, uh, show notes, and it'll also be uh, in the Daily Mail and things like that. So make sure you check it out. Next up, I want to throw out one more shout on this deal while it's available from Paul Wheaton on the Rocket Oven product. Okay, so... I know most of you guys are like me. When you start hearing Paul talking about rocket mass heaters, putting them in your house and all, you're like, you know what, if I was building an off-grid cabin somewhere with no codes, yeah, so I totally would look into that. Sitting in my little three- or four-bedroom house in the suburbs where I live for now, even out in the sticks like I live, but with a conventionally built home that's already there, it's been here since 1978, probably not going to do it, so I'm not going to put that much effort into learning about it. I understand. I understand. But rocket ovens are different. I watched a video of this oven that they built. This, these two gals, they're like, let's see how many pizzas we can make. So starting from a cold oven to getting up to near 500 degrees temperature and baking, they made nine pizzas in 30 minutes from the start. Pretty freaking cool. And they used like five pounds of wood. Pounds. Five pounds of wood. It's insane what these things do. And they're easy to build. You don't have to have any special skills. There's no welding or anything like that. It was designed through a series of innovator events, and it's 10 bucks to learn how to do this. This is something that I think it belongs in your informational library, um, even if you're not seeing yourself build one anytime soon. This is the kind of thing that like, it would be good to have 
in a grid down situation. I'm just saying. So check it out. Paul Weed's rocket oven uh, deal. Awesome deal in the show notes today. Link on over there and check it out. With that, let's dig on into it and drop into the live feed with Jonathan Chester from Bitwage. And we are live. With that, I want to say, hey, Jonathan, man, welcome to the Bitcoin Breakout and the Survival Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm excited to have you today. Um, I was reached out to by one of your associates on Twitter about having you on. I thought that would be interesting. The more I researched Bitwage, the more I thought this is an interview I'm really excited to do. So I want to dig into a couple different angles with this because you guys really do a lot more than just make sure people can get paid in Bitcoin if they want to. But can we start out with... You know, what brought you personally to Bitcoin in the first place, Jonathan? Yeah, um, so that story goes back to 2013. Um, I was working at Oracle and as being part of this like 100,000 person machine, you know, I, I, I really felt uh, like I needed to do something more than just be a cog in the machine. So every day I, I, I looked up something new. I tried to find something uh, some kind of new technology, some kind of, you know, new thing to learn. And I came across Bitcoin, uh, on a TED talk. I think it was called, uh, uh, the future of money, uh, t- uh, tied sweat and Bitcoin. And, um, I came out of that interview being very, you know, enamored by, uh, financial sovereignty, banking the unbanked, creating more, uh, efficient international payments. Uh, and I really, I went down that rabbit hole. I spent, you know, a month or so learning what I could, reading the white paper. At the time I was watching, you know, some very crappily made videos by Andreas Antonopoulos. Um, and, uh, I came out just this obsessed Bitcoin guy, right? Uh, and now here I am, uh, I think it was two, still 2013, uh, going around to, to, to people at Oracle being like, you gotta buy Bitcoin, you gotta buy Bitcoin. Right. The price of Bitcoin it like skyrocketed from like two hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. Right. And then Mount Gox happened and like the whole market just crashed, just tanked. And um you know, at the time I had some very uh unhappy friends, right? Because they were buying at, at like seven hundred, a thousand dollars, and now the price is three hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were upset at me at the time. Uh yeah. not much anymore. But um <laughs> But uh, it just so happened that there was another crazy Bitcoin guy at Oracle and my coworkers connected the two of us. He was over at the technical side there. Um, and we were like, OK, you know, we want to be a part of this 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 revolution of, with with Bitcoin. Um, how can we do it? And we were just looking at, you know, what are the different aspects that Bitcoin touches in the financial ecosystem? There were exchanges for you to purchase it. There were wallets for you to store it. There were merchant processors so that you could spend it. But if you looked at like the financial loop, you would then have the Bitcoin stuck there. And there was no way for those merchants to then spend that Bitcoin and essentially create a closed loop, closed financial loop ecosystem. So such that that Bitcoin could exist right in its own ecosystem. And so we wanted to be the first ones to do that. And and, And the way that we facilitated that was through payroll. Right. With payroll, you now have this full loop of, you know, uh, consumer spends it with merchant, merchant then pays employees, employees then use that as a as a consumer just to purchase things again, right? 
Um, and you know, that was our first product. I actually quit my job to go full time on BitWage back in 2014. Um, oh, wow. and back then it's, this was a, a crazy idea, right? Like companies were not ready to pay their employees in Bitcoin back then. Um, and, but we did know through kind of like scrolling Reddit and also calling, you know, uh, uh, like merchants that, all, you know, were, were accepting Bitcoin. We found out that there were people who wanted to receive part of their salary in Bitcoin. And so by the end of the year, we created a product that allowed any employee, any freelancer, any contractor who's receiving salaries from U.S. companies to be able to receive any percentage of their paycheck in Bitcoin. And that kind of is what you know, created the, the beginnings of our business. I think that's so smart because there's a lot of people that would like part of their salary or maybe even all their salary in Bitcoin. But if I work for a company that has, you know, mid-sized company, four or 500 employees, and I'm going to some HR person trying to get them to shift over payroll, that's, that's difficult. But if you create a way for me to do it independently, you tie into that market. Um, just as a total aside, when you were with Oracle, where geographically were you? I was in San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco, because uh, I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. There's an Oracle campus in the middle of Arlington. It's like surrounded by suburbs. Oh, I don't wow. think people understand how big Oracle is because you can't see it. Like there's a gate, and it yeah. looks like it's like a park or something, and you go into it, and it's like a freaking college campus. And it's surrounded by all these suburbs and little businesses and all. And most people don't even know it's there. And it's like this like three-quarter mile road before you get to the first building. And that was back in the 90s that I was servicing that, that contract. I just, I just thought that was an interesting aside. But, yeah, you guys are able to, like, allow anybody, right? So anybody that's getting paid W-2 then, basically? Anyone, anywhere who okay. is any kind of salary – from uh, actually now it's a U.S. business, a Canadian business, a, U- a Eurozone business, a U.K. business um, for a- anyone who's receiving. So so you could be a W-2, you could be a W-9 contractor, you could be a W-8 bed, which is just like, let's say you're a freelancer in Argentina or Brazil or Nigeria or the Philippines. Okay. And you are doing work for a business that's paying you from any of those countries I mentioned. You can sign up and use us today without those organizations signing up. And you can get whatever percentage you want between Bitcoin and various local currencies. See, and that was, as I started researching you guys, that was an interesting thing that I really never thought of. Like if, if Bill in Georgia wants to get paid in Bitcoin, it's a convenience, but there's other options, I guess, maybe. Um, if somebody's working out of, let's say, Brazil and they're uh, uh, from the Philippines and working in Brazil and they're getting paid by an American company or a Canadian company, there's a time lag and those funds being available where in the way that you do things from what I understood from watching your YouTube channel, that person gets their money much more swiftly in the form of Bitcoin. They may not even want to keep it all in Bitcoin. They might want to do that just to ex- expedite payments. That's something yes. to that effect. And, the, and, the, and there's two versions of this expedition, right? Okay. The first version is there's a lot of intermediaries involved in the transaction when you do a traditional wire transfer. Because when you're moving money from one country to another, normally, so you start with your bank. If it is a major financial institution, it'll have a direct relationship with the Fed. If not, it might have to go through another institution to have a relationship with the Fed. Then uh, money has to move across countries. There has to be a communication actually between the two central banks for that. 
And then you might also have an FX broker involved in that. And then now the money is in this large institution in this other country. And if you don't have a bank um, that is a bank account with that large institution, it then has to move from that large institution to your account. Um, a lot of times what may happen also in the process is the banks will intentionally delay the movement of the funds because they are making money on, 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 on essentially loaning your money out for a day. Right. Um, so that, that in itself can cause delays. Um, you know, and this is, this is typically like a three to five day kind of delay, but there are other issues that can be involved. For instance, any one of those intermediaries can do something wrong and lose your money, right? You could also do something wrong as the person inputting the details and use the money. When that happens, what hap what typically happens is the money gets stuck in some intermediary and they don't really think about the money being stuck. And only the people at the ends sort of know that there's something wrong. They have to ask all the intermediaries to finally figure out what's happening and then get the money to move through the chain all the way back before you can resend it. No. Yes. So uh, this then turns into what can be like a two week plus process. And then the last point, actually, there's another part of the delay, which is in some of these countries, there's a level of bureaucracy to receive the money. So you might have to go to the bank and provide paperwork for like proof of the source of income or something along these lines. Uh, and so in addition to, you know, the banks potentially losing your money, the banks themselves just being slow, you now have to also come in with paperwork. And if it's not done correctly, you might have to wait a day to do the paperwork and come back again. So the, all of that stuff um, basically goes away when you receive your salary in Bitcoin, right? You Because all, all that's happening is we're moving money within you know, the United States when it comes to like do the dollar portion of it, which is, you know, not as fast as the fastest systems in the world, but it's much faster than this complicated, you know, jerk deck. Um, and, uh, and then once it goes into Bitcoin, you know, the rest is instant. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's obviously a great value add there. Um, there, there happens to be some other value adds in, in the, in, in, in the, uh, process of, of just saving money generally as well. Um, so a lot of people, they'll maybe they'll get paid in, in, in Bitcoin and then they'll, they'll, they'll store a part of that in Bitcoin because their local currency has some crazy amount of inflation involved. Sure. They want to hedge against that. So they'll have like, you know, they'll keep like 20% of it in Bitcoin. That saves them money, right? Uh, and then obviously there's less intermediaries involved. And because of that, uh, we can, also lower the rates in in particular corridors. So there are very competitive corridors like US to Europe, very, very, very low fees. It tends to be actually a little bit cheaper to go through traditional rails than to go through uh, to go through Bitcoin rails. Uh, 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 but uh, if you're going, you know, from a developed country to a developing country, that's where you can see you can typically find some benefits uh, in rates. And sometimes in places with hyperinflation, you can actually find like 20% or 50% uh, premiums for periods of time for like three months, six months, one year, two years. And we've been doing this since 2014. So we've seen this happen in like Brazil, in India, Nigeria, in Turkey, in Argentina, um, and in, in, in many other places. Yeah, to that, there's a person asking now, what about Afghanistan? And I think your limitation is who's paying. So as long as a U.S. company, Canadian company, the others you mentioned, 
it's it, it doesn't really matter where the person for residing because Bitcoin is borderless, right? So person here asking, what about Afghanistan? You probably couldn't pay somebody from Afghanistan, but to Afghanistan, it's it, it's kind of irrelevant. It could be the moon uh, if it was possible, right? Because it's a it's a it's 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 a Bitcoin address that's receiving the funds in the end. Yeah. So 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 yes and no. From a technological okay. perspective, yes, we can. But one thing that that you know we got to remember is that we're still part of like the traditional financial system and that sure. we, we have, we, you know, we, we, we work with banks and if we work with banks, there are certain, you know, rules that, that we have to follow. So it's not like we can just send to literally everyone because, uh, you know, there are sanctions and we have to follow sanctions because if we don't follow sanctions, our banks can get in trouble and our banks are not willing to work with us if we're, you know, essentially getting them in trouble. So, uh, so, from the perspective of, you know, there's a government, it's putting a gun to the head of our banking partners. And, you know, we got to, for the sake of our banking partners, to let us continue doing transactions, we need to do things so that, the you know, the person holding the gun doesn't shoot. Right. Um, so that's so that 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 is that is the reality of what we live in. That being said, um, there's still a lot to play around with. Right. We're, we're not limited uh, in terms of where we can pay as long as essentially we're not, you know, skirting yeah. those sanctions. Yeah. So right now it would probably be Russia too, right? Um, so how, how big are you guys? You guys are bigger than I thought you were. Yeah. So, so we, we've been around, like I said, we've been around, we've been processing payroll since 2014. Um, we are, uh, we are, we've been processing, we, we're right now, we're processing about $80 million a year. Um, we've got 50,000 registered workers, 2,000 registered companies on the platform. Uh, our team, we're about 30 people right now. Um, and that, it's actually a big difference. So, uh, we grew, you know, a, a good amount from 2014 to 2017 and we kind of stagnated during that bear market. Um, we stayed like a 10 person team. Uh, we were, you know, being extremely scrappy. We, we were able to hit profitability for a few years. And then, uh, you know, after, after, you know, all the craziness around the pandemic, uh, remote work became this huge thing. Like, you know, the Bitcoin and crypto industries just like blew up. Uh, there's this phenomenon called the great resignation where lots of people are basically saying, you know, screw these, 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 you know, crappy retail jobs or these corporate jobs. I'm going off by myself to do my own thing. And all these like HR organizations are now looking for new kinds of benefits to like hire. Uh, and, and retain people. So all these things kind of came together and we started to, to grow a lot. We doubled in 2020, in 2021, and we're, we're looking to double again this year. Uh, we were able to close a seed round and that allowed us to grow, you know, 3x, uh, our, our team. And, uh, we're looking to, we're looking to continue to expand. Is it kind of a good mix of individuals and companies? Are companies starting to use you to where maybe you're becoming a competitor to a, a large payroll uh, company like a Paychex or something like that? So, so about half of our business is is on the B2C product, uh, and uh, about half of our business is the B2B product, right? Um, uh, we will never we, – we, we will basically never be a, a competitor to a system like a paychex or an ADP. We are synergistic with them. So okay. we're actually not handling like the tax withholdings and the withdrawals. We uh, plug in to these systems uh, okay. and integrate with these systems. 
So like, let's say you're, a, let's say uh, your company and you want to offer us, uh, we, we actually have a function that allows us to, to plug into the system so that you basically set it up and, and you don't have to think about it. You, I guess you, you do have to fund the payrolls. So you have to actually give us the money. But besides sure. that, you're, you're, you know, it's completely automated. Um, and uh, we've done it in a way that's compliant. Um, there, there's actually a regulation, the FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act. And that is like one of the main uh, regulators of payroll in the United States, uh, or, or regulations rather. And in this, it actually, it actually explicitly has a line that says that people must get paid in dollar or dollar equivalent. Like payroll must be done in, in dollar or dollar equivalent. And the interpretation is that Bitcoin is not dollar equivalent um, in this country. And so what we have technically done is we've built a system that uh, uh, wraps around that legal context of payroll. So if you want to be very technical, we are like a payroll salary benefit option as opposed to like direct payroll. You can fund with Bitcoin. We can pay out with Bitcoin. But in the middle, there's sort of like all these calculations happening in dollars and withholdings happening in dollars that needs to occur to to maintain compliance. And Let me try to walk that through for people because I think I, I, I get what you're saying. The actual payroll transaction, I'm paying bill, that's done in dollars, taxes, FICA, benefits all, and then a certain amount of it is converted into Bitcoin that goes to him to hold however he chooses to. And possibly, from what I saw, even within a 401k, which I think is cool as hell, and I like to hear you talk about that. But basically, the stuff that's done, when the calculations are done and the transfer is done for the .govs, approval and blessing it's dollars and then it turns whatever portion thereof turns into bitcoin yes exactly although although it is it's important to mention that that you can you can start with bitcoin too so you can fund the payroll with bitcoin I got it. and we can we can pay up uh, the bitcoin but in in the middle of this right that, that there has to be this dollar component um so you can't so 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 you can get into some more complicated things where you're actually like pricing payroll in Bitcoin, um, yeah. but the, the, there, there are just so many regulatory concerns around that. So, for instance, like, again, it's all in dollars. So at the end of the day, even if, you, if you're, like, pricing someone's salary in Bitcoin, when you actually push it through the payroll system, it has to go back to dollars before it goes into Bitcoin again. And one of the, issue, one of the key issues around here is uh, minimum wage law. So, like, if you're pricing someone's salary in Bitcoin based off of a 60K Bitcoin and you're like, you're doing this because I believe Bitcoin is going to be 100K or 250K or a million per Bitcoin. So they're getting a good deal in the long run, right, because they've got, you know, long time preference, hopefully. Um, then, then, uh, then, then, you know, that's all great. But if, you know, Bitcoin crashes from, from 60 to 20K and you were, you know, Pricing uh, hourly wage at like ten dollars and minimum wage yeah, paying, where you are. You're breaking right? the wage law. Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, you know there, there there are complications like that involved. So the way that we do it is is like the simplest way to still be able to offer the benefit. And as much yeah. as I'd, I'd love to be able to price it in Bitcoin, um, uh, it, it, the, the the you know the the the, the IRS and the DOL are just not ready for that. No, and it's we're not ready. I know that's the dream that everything will be priced in Bitcoin, but um, I think 
number has a long way to go up before volatility goes down sufficient to make that something yeah. that people will be in mass comfortable with. There's people that'll be comfortable with it today, but they're even on Bitcoiners. I think they're minority. I, I do think it's interesting though, that I can fund my payroll with Bitcoin because there are companies that are either primarily Bitcoin companies as far as revenue in, or they, they actually take a lot of Bitcoin revenue. in. So mm -hmm. that, that's an interesting take. Uh, I didn't even realize that was possible. I don't know how many people take advantage of it, but it's interesting that you've set it up to where you can do it. You have this dollar, you know, the dollar compliance thing going on in the center because, yes, it's complicated. And as an, I'm not an employer anymore. I'm a one-man show now. But as a former employer, and at one time I had a company with 50 employees and 1,200 contractors, I don't want to touch that. And I, and I don't want to be responsible for it if it's wrong. I just want people paid on time every time. Yeah. So that's, you don't want to think about it, right? Yeah, I don't want it. No, I have enough to think about with 1,200 people all over the world that I don't want to think about did my payroll go through other than my job as an employer was to make sure that if the money needed to be funded by Thursday for Friday payroll, the money was freaking funded. That was yeah. my number. More important than anything else in my company, my people get paid. And so yeah. the person in the middle, I got to be sure they're going to do the job. We used paychecks. That's why we I brought them up. So it's interesting that you're more in a symbiotic role to enable this rather than a directly competitive role. Yeah. At least for now. Um, what do you guys have in the pipelines coming up next? Like where, where are you headed with all this? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's a very good question, right? I mean, so one of the key differentiators of, of what we, of what we do, um, is that, you know, we don't have a wallet. Uh, we directly deposit into whatever wallet you provide to us. We're, we're never uh, a custody in custody of your wallet. And, and, and we view this as a very important thing, right? It enables people to be their own bank, right? Uh, which I think is very, very important. They don't have to be if they don't want. You know, people can split between like, you know, their savings Bitcoin and their checking Bitcoin, you know? Yeah. You know, if, 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 if some of them want to be partially degenerate, they could have it go on the exchange where they're trading their shit coins and then they have, uh, you know, the, the other part that they're saving, right? Whatever you, we can enable that and we do it in a way, um, that where we are never in the position of like actively pushing to employees, to workers, you know, you gotta trade this shit coin because it's going to the moon or you gotta, you know, you gotta buy this NFT because of whatever reason. Like we're not in that position. You, you literally can't buy it with us. You can't store it with us. We can't lose your money. We can't, you know, uh, it's not like, you know, you can get 12% stake uh, on on 0% of the money that you're going to get back in the future, right? Um, none of this, none of this can, can be done through us. Um, and uh, it, what, what we're really doing is we're creating like a real direct deposit technology like what we have in the traditional financial system, right? So when you get paid, you are asked to put in your account and routing number. Your employer doesn't say... Oh, here's a Wells Fargo bank account. Get paid into that. If you don't want it, we'll figure out how to withdraw it to your regular account later. Right. Okay. Um, and so, and so our system is essentially designed for this future where everyone has their own wallet, whether it be, you know, the meta, the, 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 the meta Facebook wallet because they want to interact with, you know, their, their metaverse world or into, you know, their, their, their crypto tag. Uh, metal wallet, you know, that they're, that they only keep on piece of metal, 
Uh, we enable whatever it is that they want to be directly deposited to. And we want to enable essentially every service that has any kind of direct deposit functionality to have a crypto direct deposit functionality that enables people to get paid where and when they need it. Um, and another important thing that I think is going to come through the pipeline is in the future, I think that regulation is going to continue to make it harder and harder for you to be your own bank. You're going to get put your money on like Coinbase and, you know, the price of is going to rise. And then all of a sudden there's going to be some regulation that makes it harder for you to move your money off of off of a system like Coinbase uh, because you've now passed some kind of threshold because the, 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 the price went up. And now you can't do that. Where, uh, but if you're getting your paycheck, you know, every single payday into the place that you want it, uh, you're, you're not going to hit those thresholds. Um, and you're going to be able to, to, to be your own bank and like not run into what I think will be, you know, regulatory barriers to being your own bank in the future. How, how does working is, is not so much as a company, because I think I get this, but how does working as an individual where my company's not interested in being orange build and I want to take a quarter of my salary, for instance, in Bitcoin, how do you guys differ from, let's say, the product that uh, Strike has, where I, I basically just fill out a, uh, a second direct deposit form and every payroll, a quarter of my salary goes to Strike and I buy my own Bitcoin when it gets there. Are you, are you really different than that for the individual, not the company? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, right? I, I, again, it comes down to, like, you know, do you want Strike to be your wallet or not? Strike is a custodial wallet. You know, if you're if you're like, a, you know, you love Bitcoin, but you don't but you don't care about custody versus non-custody, Strike could be the right move for you. Um, okay. There are certain wallet services out there that have direct deposit functions. The, the, the key thing for us is, do you want to deposit into a non-custodial wallet? Do you want to deposit into multiple different wallets on payday, right? That's okay. only going to strike. We can go, we can okay, go so that's interesting. Let me, let me, let me make sure I'm clear on that then because I didn't get that. That's actually really important. So mm -hmm. if I do that with Strike, and I'm, I'm a basically – I'm structured as a corporation, but I'm basically a sole proprietorship and function. So I don't run a payroll on myself. But if I did, you know, I could say I want 25% to go to strike. Now, the minute that shows up, I can transfer it out, but it does go there first. So what you're saying is that when I get paid, I would have, a, let's say, a, a Bitcoin address with you. And that money goes directly to my non-custodial wallet. I, I think I kind of missed that. That's actually really important. Yeah, and you could have it go to two or three non-custodial wallets. You have to go one custodial, two non-custodial, whatever, whatever you want there. Same thing with dollars, right? With 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 something like Strike. Let's say you didn't want all that going to Strike to go into Bitcoin. You only want some of it. Well, now you have dollars there and in Bitcoin there. With us, you could put your bank account with us and the Bitcoin wallet. So you could actually come in and get your dollars directly deposited into your bank account and your Bitcoin directly into your wallet. So again, there, there's there's way less friction involved. Another thing for independent contractors, this is not for employees, we have an invoicing system as well. So you we have a sophisticated invoicing platform built for contractors. So you can actually add clients, you can invoice them, emails go out, they can actually pay directly from that invoice, and then it can and then it and then it comes in and you you actually have that like reporting and that, you know, that, that you may need from the invoice perspective. 
as well. So we're taking we're taking that. Uh, so what you're saying, I want to be sure on this, right? Occasionally, I I shouldn't say occasionally because then I'll get more requests for it. And I hate doing it. Occasionally, I'll do some consulting. And I'll bill for that consulting. And when I do that, I'm acting as an independent contractor. I'm not on any sort of payroll service. You're saying that I could invoice on my end through BitWage yes. and receive payments in Bitcoin that way, even though the party on the other end is paying me in Federal Reserve space credits. Yes. And you could do, you could do whatever percentage and it would go directly into your bank and your wallet. Right. Oh. Uh, it doesn't go into it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't go into us. It goes directly into like the systems that you have that you actually want the money to be on. Now, here's an interesting question from Jake, who asked way too many questions. But in this case, he's asking a good one because I had it myself. Uh, changing the addresses. So whenever I do a Bitcoin transaction, I do a, a new address. I can't remember what it's called, but I have it set up with some DCA I do with Swan where. A new my wallet is actually generating a new address without me doing anything, and each subsequent payment's going to a separate UTXO. Do y'all have anything like that? We have something like it, so we don't have that the functionality for you to provide an XPUB key to us. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it, it I guess it is technically a little bit less private for you if you give us an XPUB key because then we'll, we'll actually we would te- technically not that we do it, but we technically could. Uh, mm-hmm. sort of generate all of like the public keys attached to that in the future and monitor them. Again, we don't do that, but from the perspective of privacy, it's actually better if you maybe don't provide that. But what yeah. you can do is you can provide us with a list of addresses that you generate and then we will cycle through those. So there will be, oh. so, so, so we have that privacy option and it's yeah. actually um, more private for you because we don't have your XPUB key. So, you know, you, we, we, we're not able to unlimitedly generate you know, from our side, all of the all of your sort of like future public key addresses related to that. Here's a crazy question, because now now you're telling me you do stuff that I didn't even think was doable. What about a person that works for like doesn't really work for, but is like gig economy here? That's like an Uber driver or yeah. drives for Uber Eats or something. Can they get paid through y'all? Yeah, we got we got Uber drivers. We got oh, drivers, we got Airbnb. We got uh, people literally got their stimulus checks through us. Um, so, you know, we're, really we're limited just like from like the capacity of a business, like originating the transaction. As long as the business is originating the transaction, we're able to facilitate it. That is freaking awesome. Um, also noticed y'all did the first lightning salary payment. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, it was very hard to do, actually. So we, we, we got two people involved. We got a professional soccer athlete and we got the CEO of a professional, uh, of a, of a Nigerian Bitcoin company. So they both got their salaries in, on Lightning. Um, it was very important for us to do it right. You know, I think that it's very boring to just like create a Lightning channel and like, you know, use the Lightning technology, send it to them because then they, they're sort of stuck with it, right? They just have to close the channel, uh, yeah. at that point. Um, it was a very important for for us to do it the way that we wanted to to be done, sort of uh, at a mass scale, which is that they could provide the wallet that they wanted to provide, and then when we pay them, it's connected into sort of the the, the greater you know hive mind of the Lightning Network, so that when we paid them, all that money was available to be spent on the Lightning Network, um, and and this was hard because we actually. Uh, 
um, paid uh, several thousand dollars in a single transaction um, uh, for for one of the for one of these individuals. And um, the, if you ever work with Lightning, you know there, there, the, the, there's a capacity issue. You're doing under 100 bucks, easy. Yeah. Try to spend five thousand dollars, you're gonna have issues with routes. Um, yeah. And so we actually had to like work with like different players in the ecosystem. One of the biggest players that we worked with um, are the guys behind uh, the Phoenix Wallet. Um, no, not the Phoenix Wallet. Uh, basically, the uh, Eclair platform. Um, I can't. Pierre. Um, I can't remember it, but he. He's like one of like the sort of, you know, like a founding entity in the Lightning space. They've cre- created one of the core technologies behind Lightning, similar to Lightning Labs. Um, and they have the largest, uh, I believe they have the largest node on the Lightning network. Um, okay. And this was, uh, we were connected with them through Mino, who's the guy who connected us. Um, and we were able to connect into the hive mind through them and they were able to provide the liquidity that we needed to actually get the salary to the person. So, so my vision for lightning payroll is you can provide whatever lightning, you know, wallet that you want and we're able to just, you know, pay it out. Um, of course, we're not, we're, we're not going to be able to pay out such huge, such huge amounts. To, to, to people, well, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be sort of smaller. Um, but this is something that, that, uh, we're personally working on for next year, which is the, like a, a sort of a more, um, you know, mainstream ready version, uh, uh pro- product ready version of this. I can see that working because I've always talked about lightning, uh, money that you hold in lightning form for Bitcoin being like cash in your pocket. Yeah. So I'm generally not going to be sitting with, 2,500 bucks in my lightning wallet. Cause if I, if I was going to a bar to hang out with some old buddies and I wanted to pay cash at the bar for whatever reason, I'd go to the ATM and tap out a couple hundred, 300 bucks. I'm not going to walk into a bar with three grand wadded up in my pocket. And I kind of look at holding lightning, especially in a non-custodial wallet. Like if you're holding it in wallet Satoshi or something like holding cash, it, you, it's probably less likely to get lost in cash, but it, it, it could be lost in some way. Um, and then you want the majority of your Bitcoin sitting on the main chain because it's much more secure, easier to self-custody, yeah. et cetera. You don't have to run a lightning node, balance your own liquidity and all that, that stuff. Um, so I could see a person maybe wanting like their weekly spend, like they're out because as lightning gets more and more acceptable. And I think part of why that's a thing is there's a hundred million lightning wallets out there that most of the people holding it don't know that they're lightning wallets. So that cash app is basically a Bitcoin lightning wallet that people don't even know they have. So I think it's only a matter of time before there's a hell of a lot more spending going on in lightning in these small dollar amounts than people expect right now. I personally do use strike for some of my Bitcoin stuff and I don't actually like to spend my Bitcoin. Sure. Once it's on chain, and it's it is hodl, baby. I didn't say I didn't say soddle. I said hodl, right? But like, if I go to a store or a restaurant or anything, and I see Bitcoin, and they take Bitcoin, like a restaurant, I'm gonna wait till my check comes, figure out what the tip's gonna be, and then I'll deposit instantly with Strike. And then you know, do you guys want on chain or do you want Lightning? And hopefully, they know what that means. And either way, I'll pay in dollars, and they get Bitcoin. <laughs> and, and I think there's gonna be a lot more stuff like that going on because. The text there, people are walking around with the text that don't know they have it. it it's, I mean, the first time I figured out, I could, yeah, it, it dipped. I'm going to buy 200 bucks worth of Bitcoin, 
and send it directly to my hardware wallet without actually buying Bitcoin. I, I was, my mind was blown. And, and, and the more tech we build like that, the more demand for the type of thing you're talking about. One of the most exciting things I heard from you is that I can be an independent contractor invoicing through Bitwage. That, that, that is phenomenal to me that, that you've enabled that. That's not even something when I was excited to get you on that I had even thought was doable. I actually answered the question incorrectly. Because I figured you had, you know, like there's contractors, they're independent, but they're getting, they're getting a weekly paycheck. They're not, they're not like billing for X amount of hours this week. Uh, that's pretty powerful, man. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, for companies that sign up, we can even do things like all your contractors generate invoices for you so that you have it for record keeping. And then you can aggregate the, the invoices and generate a single transaction uh, from that. So, so, so we're reducing, you know, like significant amount of work and cost and time related to like doing single transactions or managing multiple different kinds of invoices. So, you know, it's not just a, it's not just a payment platform. It's not just a payroll sync up. It's like a, you know, entire interface for you to, you know, leverage Bitcoin to pay your workforces. Yeah. So the other thing I've noticed is you guys seem to be stacking something else professional athletes, specifically soccer players, football, uh, and uh, UFC uh, folks and things like that. What What's going on with that? You guys Are you guys making that, like, part of your marketing push and, and bringing these guys on, or uh, is it something that's kind of – because it is kind of a closed network in of itself that if one person finds out he can do it and they're inside an organization like UFC or – uh, soccer clubs or what have you, it's going to spread by word of mouth or is it kind of a combo? Yeah. So, so, so I think about the, you know, working with athletes as an education. Uh, you know, we, 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 we technically have been working with athletes for a long time. Um, many years ago, we even had, you know, a, a hockey player from the NHL that, you know, they wanted to be hush hush. So we didn't, we didn't mention them, but, um, but, uh, uh, I find it very important to, for education. So, so yes, we, we are going out to not all of these players. Some of them have come to us, but a lot of the time we're going out to them. We're educating them and then we're sort of helping them educate more people, right? I think that, that, um, you know, Bitcoin payroll is a very important technology, a very important part of adoption, right? Because it allows you to very easily hodl with, because it's a DCA, it's done in a way where, you know, you have less exposure to short-term volatility. Um, if it's being offered through your employer, it's also uh, this, you know, incredibly easy way to get into it. And then for all of us who are already hodlers, it's it's a it's a technology that is purely a buy technology. It's not a sell technology, right? And if we get to a point where just like five percent of the United States is uh, uh, the, the average person getting five percent of their salary in Bitcoin uh, in the United States, that actually turns into about a trillion dollars added to 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 Bitcoin every year, right? Um, so. So how do we get there? I think that it's all part of education, all part of people just kind of understanding what this technology is, why it's important. And I view working with athletes as, as, as part of the way to enable that level of education. 
um, and to and to get us there. So that's that's part that's why we're you know I mean they're coming to us, but it's also part part of the reason why we reach out to them and why we sure. educate them and try to work with them uh, to to amplify their message. Maybe like every agent in your uh, your Rolodex, man. Every major sports sports agent, you know, PGA. I don't care everybody because. Whether it is the right way for society to be or not, I personally don't think it is, but I'm also a pragmatist, and it's the way that it is. People emulate professional athletes. Yeah. Like people that, like if the if the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys took half his salary in Bitcoin, my my nephew and his his wife, who I've been trying to get accept Bitcoin in their business for three years and I ain't done it yet. Mm-hmm would go out and start getting paid in Bitcoin. The second that that happened, because they're such fanatics for, I don't know why, but they are, uh, you know, it's not like they have as many Super Bowls as the Steelers or anything, but, but people do, they, they emulate athletes, celebrities and things like that. And it gets people's attention. You know, yeah. when, when a person like Elon Musk just mentions that it, it goes up or down depending on how he mentioned it. And so I think it's definitely something that should be harnessed because Again, whether you think people should be idolizing celebrities or athletes or not, they do. And, and it's not even that someone has to like directly uh, has to directly um, uh, replicate what they do, but it's also just a part of like learning mm-hmm. about something, right? It, it, you know, we get we get Mateus Nicolau. You know, he said he, he's not just saying you know dollar go up. He's talking about inflation in some country he's talking about how payments are so bad to pay because he's he's from brazil right yeah and, cool. and so this like educates people maybe they, they won't just instantly boom i'm doing this but they'll learn about it they'll say oh this is not just like money go up scam this is something else and maybe they research it and they learn more right um and i think that that's that's a very important thing yeah yeah so one thing i want to ask you about i saw on your site about 401k services Mm-hmm. Is that something that would be available to the individual or only the person that worked for a company that where the company worked with you? Yeah, so so this is a purely a B2B product, the the, okay. the 401k. You you know, you can you can go and use some kind of an IRA service if you wanted to do it as an individual. The main difference between a 401k and an IRA is the amount of money you can put towards it. You can put way more money into a 401k every year. I think it's like $55,000 that might have gone up recently. Uh, whereas an IRA, it's only it's only like five and a half thousand dollars. So we're talking about yeah. a 10x difference in the amount of money that you can put away uh, into each of these things. Um, but in a 401k, it does have to be offered by a, an employer, whereas an IRA um, can be done through through uh, uh, you know whatever service. Um, and you know we started this 401k project because there weren't a lot of people sort of working on this at the time, and we wanted to be able to uh, bring together, uh, and offer like this, this single experience for companies to offer benefits to their employees with both Bitcoin payroll and 401k, right? 401k is great because of the tax advantages, right? Like a traditional, you can do pre-tax with a Roth, you do after tax, but you're not paying any money when you with, you know, when you do a qualified withdrawal when like when you're like 55 years old. Um, and, but, you know, sometimes you might want maybe, you, you know, your, your time preference for this stuff might not be that long, right? Um, and so then you'll want to get your salary in, in Bitcoin um, uh, directly so you could spend it. Also, 
you know, those environments are heavily regulated. You do need to use a custodian for those kinds of, for that solution. Um, and so maybe you don't want all of your, your Bitcoin, you know, stuck on a single custodian, right? And so that's another reason why you might want to split between the two. You know, maybe you're willing to take a little bit of risk because of the tax savings kind of thing. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to provide the options, the experience of, you know, uh, uh, having it all, uh, you know, in, in a single platform. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you also have a, a concierge service. What, what's that all about? Yeah. So the concierge service, um, the concept of that. So, so we pride ourselves with customer support. Um, we have, you're able to reach out. We have a Slack, uh, an actual community Slack channel where we have people monitoring it, you know, while people are awake during the, you know, West, um, Western waking hours, you could say. Um, the, and then, you know, we have a highly responsive customer support as well. The concierge is basically like taking that to another level. So for, um, for this is mainly for VIPs or like businesses that, um, are, you know, are, 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 uh, working with us with a lot of employees and we'll like go in person to provide different levels of education. Right. Um, so with, if, with certain organizations, I, I can't talk about them right now, but, uh, we'll, we'll actually go in person and educate, uh, an employee base, um, and on like, you know, what is Bitcoin? What does it mean to be your own bank? What are the pros or the cons? You know, helping people get set up with their wallets. Um, and doing that sort of boring wallet education that not a lot of people like to do. Um, and so we can, we, we provide that, uh, to, um, you know, things like athletes, uh, uh, or employers who are bringing on, you know, uh, their workforces. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, talk a little bit more because we alluded to this in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're making, a real difference in people's lives in some of these other countries. It's one thing for us to sit here in America and bitch about inflation or what have you, but the average American ain't seen inflation if you liken it to Argentina or, like you mentioned earlier, Brazil. Can you dig a little bit more into how you're improving the lives of people that are choosing you as a way to receive their incomes in some of these countries. I mean, I just covered last week, there's people literally robbing banks in Lebanon to get their own money out of the freaking bank. Yeah. I don't think Americans are really in touch with how harsh things are in some parts of the world. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing, the, 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 the nice thing about being American is that the dollar is the reserve currency, right? And there might be things happening out in the East where, you know, there's attempts to, to, to stop that from happening. But like in, in, in Latin America, like dollar, do, everything is dollarized, right? Like you're, you're like the idea of pricing, um, an expensive, uh, object like a house in, in, in the local currency is like, you're, you're, you're like an idiot. You don't know how to, you, you don't have sound financial, financial, thought process if you're doing that instead of pricing it in dollars. And that's because, you know, you might try to work on a deal and it takes, you know, half a year to close. And in half a year, you know, you've lost 10% uh, as a result of inflation, right? Um, you know, you might, or, or more, 50%, right? I, I, uh, I don't have the, the, the data points on the top of my head, but, 
you know, with Brazil, they, um, they had a, a, a new currency, the Brazilian real. I can't remember how many years ago, maybe it was, it was 10 or, 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 or 20 years ago. And it was, uh, one Brazilian real to the dollar. And now we're talking about five Brazilian real to the dollar, right? So they lost a bunch of money that way. Argentine peso is, is even worse than that. Um, you know, if, if there's a hundred percent inflation in Argentina, it's not something that's completely unexpected, right? Um, that's, that's how crazy it is. Like you, you, you have your life savings and you just lose half of it just by existing, right? And, and, and not because you, you made a risky bet in a stock that crashed. It's because literally, you know, you decide to keep your money in your own local currency. Um, so when you're getting paid, uh, using our service, we're giving you the freedom to get paid the way you want to get paid. So for a lot of people, that means getting paid in Bitcoin. There are actually a lot of people who do get paid in stable coins uh, as well. Um, and, you know, that's just because not everyone um, fully understands the value proposition of Bitcoin because we just haven't gotten to a point where, you know, the dollar system has completely broken down. Right. Um, yeah. But what. Uh, so instead, they, they want to get dollars because that's what they're familiar with. That's what they've done in the past. Right. Uh, I am of the opinion that. Uh, that the stablecoin is just a Trojan horse for Bitcoin. If, if you, if you actually think about, if you actually think about, uh, the main, there are two main barriers to entry to Bitcoin, which is volatility and public private key cryptography. These are the two things that people basically don't, don't know about, don't understand. And if they, they get past both of these two things and understand both of these two things, they can, they can actually enter, you know, enter in. And, uh, what, uh, a lot of people, you know, try to, try to focus on is, um, you know, uh, convincing people to get in based off of, you know, the money go up. Right. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if you get everyone to understand, but, but if, they, if you go into that, you end up getting like these systems like ETFs that rule the world and no one actually owns any Bitcoin. But if you teach people about public private key cryptography and how to be their own bank and how to actually like use money and store money where they want to be, but with stable coins, they might be willing to do that because they, they're getting that value through stable coins. And then all that has to happen next is essentially, you know, the, 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 the crushing failure of the dollar. And when that happens, which, you know, uh, I, I, I hope doesn't happen, you know, too soon, but, uh, when it does, people are going to say, okay, what is, what, where do I store my money now? Right. People are worried about the Euro breaking down, right? People are, are looking at the Chinese one, like this is a manipulated currency. Where do I go next? Bitcoin is, is sort of this obvious thing. So if you already know public private key cryptography and the dollar starts to fail, it becomes a much easier switch, just a click of a button to go from that to Bitcoin. Um, so, uh, I think that that's it's actually still a very important part of the industry. And so we're able to help people now with their issues, whether they want Bitcoin now or they want stable coins now. Uh, we're spreading that education. And then ultimately, uh, what, what I believe is it eventually becomes a more, you know, uh, what, what's the term like Bitcoinized world? Um, yeah. And I mean, and right now, if. I'm as bullish on Bitcoin as anybody, but yeah. money that I'm receiving today that I'm going to spend before the end of the month, I want it in dollars. 
Yeah. When people say to me, what's your price prediction for Bitcoin? Uh, you know, we talk about making a TSP eight ball that you can shake like the Matt yeah. eight ball. And every, every time you do it, it comes up and says it depends, right? Cause yeah. that's the real answer. So it depends on a lot of things that could happen this week or this month. People say is Bitcoin an inflation hedge. It depends between now and Friday <laughs> or between now and 2030. I have two totally different answers depending on that time preference. So I think the stable coins are really important. Now, will we ever go into full hyper Bitcoinization? Nobody will want dollars anymore. I think we will. I just don't know when. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a grandfather. I, I could be just still a grandfather. I could be a great grandfather by then. I don't know. I don't care. I'm in it for the long haul. But short term funding, and it's again, it's back to being easy to say as an American. I'm doing that in dollars. But the stablecoin option lets the Brazilian give that same answer. Again, I'll, you know, I'll talk about money buckets, and there's short-term, mid-term, and long-term money, and those are handled differently. Um, I also think there was some chatter going on in the chat. It would be interesting to think, see what you think about this, that you know what's happening with the euro is hit dollar parity. The pound's about to hit dollar parity. That's, that's kind of insane with yeah. the crash of the European and, and British markets. But – it's actually fitting with something I've been forecasting for several years now, and that is dollar globalization, basically the dollar eating a lot of global currencies before it itself dies. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you take stable coins and there's chatter with Gensler about pulling them in under FDIC, mm-hmm. well, now you've got that assurance. And then a person in Nigeria with a phone can transact in dollars and and it's, it's almost like real dollars. It's as close as you're going to get. Yeah. And and like you said, though, then there's no on-ramp off-ramp to going into to Bitcoin. Now it's a smooth exchange, you know, and I think the reason the government would do it or the Fed would do it is really not the government isn't because they like Bitcoin. It's because they have a big inflation problem. And I'm not saying it'll work. I'm saying the mind of, of, of the globalist is if I globalize the dollar, I spread the inflation across billions instead of 300 million. And for a while, I diffuse inflation into the cold globe, and that's better for me. Um, but at the same time, it's a Trojan horse. Like you're opening the door to self-custody, and you're opening the door to immediate transactions and high-speed transactions and, and the ability to convert to whatever other currency you want to people that never even thought about that before. And, you know, it, it, something you brought up was kind of interesting, which is this idea that, like, what if what if the Fed is doing this because uh, there are capital controls in countries that limit people's access to the dollar? And this is like a way to get around those capital controls. Um, and so, like, the Fed's like, oh, we understand that this is about, get, you know, being able to to to, to have a regulatory arbitrage. But we're doing this because there's regulatory you know, arbitrage for our, for our own benefit. <laughs> but, but maybe, 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 maybe that's like, you know, giving them too much credit. Uh, and they're not, and they're not that smart, but it, it, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting con, uh, 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 way to think that, that, you know, they, they might have a better understanding than, than we give them credit for. Well, when they talk about, and, and Gensler's mentioned this a few times, pulling, uh, stable coins under FDIC. I don't have another real reason to do that. It's not because they want to protect people, right? <laughs> the whole idea that they're worried that you you will get hurt. They do everything in their interest, not yours. Um, but it's the only thing I can come up with because the second you do that, then you 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 open that 
that box to def- diffusion of U.S. capital. And then, again, why do I have to prevent capital from going out when capital comes in from everywhere? Basically, I, now I have control of most of the global financial market, more so than because I already do. I mean, we're the, we're the biggest player in the game. Yeah. Um, we, we can crash economies by winking at them the right way. It, it's, it, I'm not for that. Again, I'm, I get people mad at me a lot of times. I bring stuff up like this, like, you're advocating. I'm not advocating shit. I'm a weatherman. Right. I'm like, here comes a storm. You're rooting for the storm. No, I'm pointing to the radar and saying there's a storm. Uh, anyway, man, this has been a really fantastic discussion. Um, I'm definitely going to want to have you or someone from Bitwage on again and go deeper into this as you guys continue to, to, to innovate. Um, I, I'm incredibly impressed with, with the stuff you've done. And, and don't take this the wrong way because I don't mean it negatively at all. And you also just look very, very young for someone doing all this stuff and, and haven't been in the game that long. It's really impressive. You want to tell people how they can learn more about BitWage, how they can start getting paid in Bitcoin. Uh, and we got a ton of independent contractors in the audience. If you want to say anything again about that for people that may be tuned in a little later, uh, go ahead and do so. Yeah, I mean, just go to www.bitwage.com. Uh, check us out. Uh, you know, we, we've got a big Twitter game, so at Bitwage, um, that you can check out as well. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, our system works for, we have a B2B product, so companies can come on and use it. We have B2C product, which means employees, contractors, freelancers, gig workers in the U.S. or literally anywhere in the world can come up, sign up, and get any percentage of their salary between Bitcoin and various local currencies. Uh, as they need. So, yeah, check us out. Well, thank you again, Jonathan. This was a fantastic interview. I appreciate you being with us today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Great interview. If you want to know more, it's real simple. Get by the show notes today because you'll find all the resources, not just Jonathan's site. Episode 3174, you can find it at thesurvivalpodcast.com. Or if you're just here for the Bitcoin stuff, thebitcoinbreakout.com. I've got links to all the stuff we talked about and more, including all my recommended tools for those of you in the Bitcoin world, not just the stuff from Bitwage today. Or if you want to get straight to Jonathan's site, again, it is bitwage.com. With that, let's wrap up. Um, guys, I am gone for the rest of the week, and I will not be here Monday next week. I do have Rewind set up. I have a great variety of Rewinds, and they kind of go in a cascading backward thing. So you guys heard the one yesterday, if you listened. It was only from early this year. The next one is from like 2019, and then they go like 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. And they're all about this time of the year that I selected them from, either September, October of those years. And the one Monday is kind of a really special show to me, so don't miss that one. Anyway, uh, I don't have anything else to say today as far as like an item of the day, but I do want to remind you guys you can help support the show always by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. I have hundreds of reviews of items I actually use and spent my own money on there. But it doesn't matter what you buy. As long as you start there, you help support us in the work that we do. It is that simple. But if it is something I've recommended, then I bought it, I spent my money on it, and I'd buy it again, or I would not recommend that you spend your money on it. Also, you can always stay in touch with us. How? Social media. Uh, you go to the website and you just click on Get Social and Learn More. But the Telegram channel and the Telegram group are the ways to make sure you really stay in touch with us. Also, I post a lot of stuff to uh, Twitter, 
now that I you know started doing the Bitcoin conversations again because that's where the stuff is. And I'll probably be on my Twitter. I'll probably be posting some stuff from Self Reliance Festival uh, that may or may not make it into MeWe and stuff like that. I'll definitely make it on Telegram. It'll definitely make it onto my Twitter and probably my Instagram as well. On Twitter, I am the Survival Pod C. The Survival Pod C. Uh, you can find me there. Of course, that's in the show notes and everything as well. With that, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Hope you guys enjoy the four rewinds that are coming. They are really good. And I do have new content on all of them in the introduction. And uh, I will see you on Tuesday next week with a live episode and a live feed. I will be on with Nicole Sauce and John Willis for our Tuesday coffee chat. We're pushing it out about an hour later than normal, so it'll be about 10.30 Central Time Tuesday. Uh, of course, you can always find the next coming live stream at tspclive.com for the stuff that I do live. And that will probably be the Survival Podcast episode for that day because I'll be recovering from a long trip and being up with you guys at Self-Reliance Festival. With that, has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast and of the Bitcoin Breakout. They gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way.